0: Live. Live from New York. To New York. This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast
1: for the win. He broke
0: his ankle me. freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Just End the Suffering podcast, talking New York sports with a long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. We already have a podcast out this week. We talk New York Rangers, Rick Carpinello, the Ranger Fan Forum, all that good stuff. But we do have a bonus podcast this week, talking about the coronavirus chaos in baseball. Joining me today, our legal correspondent on the podcast, somebody who I did not think we have to talk to you about baseball's problems again so soon, Phil Freda. Phil,
2: how are you? Uh, hi, Mike. Uh, I'd say it's good to be back, but but uh, it's, it's, I'm back under some bad, uh, a bad situation. So, so I kind of wish we weren't talking about this right now, but otherwise I'm good.
0: Yeah. Let me, let's put it this way. Like we're recording on Tuesday night, July 28th. I'm, I'm sitting here in the back of my room. I had the Mets Red Sox game on TV. You do not have that luxury. The Yankees are not playing tonight. Thanks to a bunch of issues that happened over the weekend with the good old Miami Marlins.
2: Yeah. I, I was watching the Mets earlier too. Uh, Cause, like you said, I don't, I don't have a Yankee game to watch. Uh, I thought I'd be watching Derek Cole pitch tonight, but that's, uh, that's not going to be the case.
0: Yeah, it will not be the case. We'll get to all the fallout for this, but before we get to all of that, I want to point out that this whole situation, one of the concerns that we had back when we were discussing this back in May. All I can say is, right now, I feel like the league itself is—they got to be on red alert. To pick up everybody, this all starts with the Marlins and their opening series against the Phillies on Friday. They have a their catcher Jorge Alfaro test positive. They get to Sunday. Three more people test positive for their Sunday game. They play anyway. They find out eight more guys test positive. Another four test positive today, and we're still in the window here. And, Phil, I'm going to start off here. What the world happened here that the Marlins got to decide to play this game themselves on Sunday?
2: Guys. I don't know. I wish I could give you a good answer. Uh, apparently, the they took a team vote and decided that uh, they wanted to play. And, and that's, that's absolutely insane to me. Uh, you know, take a team vote, we want to play. That's the kind of thing you do when you know, a teammate passes away or uh, or somebody's something sick. like that. Uh, somebody's sick, right? You, you don't do that when people on your team are carrying a deadly virus if I were the Philadelphia Phillies, I would be absolutely outraged. But the culprit, once again, is Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. I don't understand how Major League Baseball allows that to happen. They should be the ones making the decision. And there isn't a decision to be made. Once you have an outbreak on a team, which I would define as even two or three positives, there's no way that team should be playing like that day. you yeah. got to cancel the game. Yeah, two or three in quick succession, mind
0: you. If I have one a week ago and one today, it's not an outbreak. If they have, like we happened with the ones, you have one on Thursday and then four, three more on Sunday, and then you're like, uh-oh, something's going on here. We need to stop this. The MLB Beach not said, okay, Don you your team decide if you're feeling good enough to play
2: today. Yeah, it's t- exactly. And you, get, you should have stopped it immediately at that point because you know that if we have four who tested positive, there could be much, much more. We just don't know. So why would you put the Philadelphia Phillies in that situation? Now, baseball, it appears so far, has lucked out and that nobody on the Phillies has got this thing so far. But uh, as we're going to get to, the ripple effects of this have been you've affected five teams now. The the Phillies are not going to play a game until Friday. The Yankees have missed two games now because of this. The Orioles missed games. Yeah, and you changed the schedule for the Yankees too. Right, now the Yankee schedule changes, the Orioles' schedule changes, and then now you get the Nationals. They're, they have a whole different situation because of this, because they, they can't go down to Miami to play. So baseball let this just completely domino when all they had to do was cancel that game on Sunday, and at least we would only be talking about the Marlins instead of four or five other teams now.
0: Yeah, the big issue here is, like, obviously these cases exploded right now, and the thing that I think... I don't fault the Marlins specifically for if like I think the problem is you gave them the choice because these are professional athletes. They are never gonna say we don't wanna play. If they say, you know, like we sent the guys home and heard Rob Manfred in his interview with Tom Verducci and MLB Network say, Oh, we did some contact tracing, we helped people out, like if they're gonna say, Okay, we got everybody out who's sick, we we feel good, we're gonna play. They're not gonna say, No, we're gonna be cautious. This is something you have to stop them from basically hurting themselves here.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, you can't you can't leave a decision like that in the hands of a bunch of 20-something-year-old kids, they don't know any better. They, they, they don't understand that there's lags in the virus. And and what I thought was really unfair about what Manfred did was he basically threw Don Manningly in front of a microphone for 24 hours to answer all the questions about this. And and Don Mattingly doesn't know what the hell is going on. He's, he's a manager. So it's it just a complete disaster by Major League Baseball. They should have canceled that game. And by not doing so, they have now impacted four or five other teams. But that said, they still got a whole different problem on their hands because now you have half of the Marlins roster with COVID-19.
0: Yes, you do. We'll circle back to Manfred and May. And speaking of that roster right now, there was talks earlier today that, I mean, before they sorted this out, there was talks like, oh, they got to sign guys off the street. They got to use their taxi squad. And I've seen a bunch of epidemiologists on Twitter saying, Whoa, we still don't know how many people of them are actually infected yet because the incubation period is usually, like, the sa- the safest you could do is five days before you know who's infected and who's not. And you can't assume because they haven't tested positive in two days they're ready and to fill the roster. So I think the the odds here of, like, asking Miami right now, who's up to about 17 players in their traveling party tested positive for the virus, asking them to feel the team on that short notice was not fair to them, so... I'm glad the league finally said, you know, we're going to pause them for a week and then take them out of the schedule, them sort of sort their situation out.
2: Uh, yeah, that that was the right thing to do. Uh, and and look, what what the reports are out now that apparently maybe the reason this happened is some of the guys on the Marlins decided to break the protocol and go out Wednesday night uh, when they were in Atlanta for an exhibition. Uh, I I hope that's the case. To be honest with you, because if that's the case, then at least we know what the problem was. This could be, uh you know, fair warning to the rest of you guys. You, you really need to follow the protocols. Uh If that was not the case, though, and they did follow the protocols and they still got sick, then, then we have a big, big problem.
0: Yes, indeed. And you mentioned there are rumors out there. Bob Nightingale has reported on a couple of interviews that he's heard that Several Marlins on Miami, like like when they were in Atlanta for an exhibition game on Wednesday, I think Tuesday night, I want to say, went out and basically went around the town for the night, and then the next day they had an exhibition game where it was raining, and all of them were in piled in the dugout, and that probably the easiest way to explain the spread of it going so quick. They're all in close quarters, very few masks in the dugout, social distancing not really happening. So that's something you could say. Okay. Isolated incident. This is a warning shot for the rest of the league, saying, "Hey, don't be stupid. You could take your entire team out by being re- by being reckless." But you're right. If it's not, if it's something like where they just caught it in the in the frog, they're all hanging out doing the right thing, then you have an issue.
2: Right. And one thing you did mention that baseball needs to change, and I haven't heard them. They need to address the rain delay policy immediately. Yeah. Uh, you cannot have a situation where you have players. Like what happened with the Yankees on opening night? You get know, the Yankees and the Nationals hanging out in the clubhouse for hours on end to determine if they were going to come back and play that game. They should have called that game after 15 minutes. The whole point is to minimize the amount of time guys spend with each other. Uh, that's why if you watch the game, you have people sitting in the stands and they're not sitting in the dugout. So they, if that's the whole point of this thing, then you can't have people sitting in the clubhouse while it rains. you got to just call the game and play it another day or if you got the minimum amount of innings in and so be it
0: yeah that's true because i think like i get the point like hey like if it's closer it's a fourth inning like i think you should basically see here and say look like if we're not gonna get on the get the tarp off in an hour we, we're calling the game that's the w- way it should be going from here on four because you have teams here you can pick up suspended games the next day they change that rule so i think there's no excuse for that and honestly the players themselves have to step up a bit because i mean I don't know how much of the Mets you've been watching. I mean, we've seen plenty of team guys high-fiving, plenty of guys like hanging out closer than the dugout,
2: not really wearing masks in the dugout.
0: like Stuff like that's a risk factor.
2: Uh, sure. Yeah, the players, they're they responsible for that too. Uh, now look, uh, is that as big of a risk factor as going out to a bar or a restaurant like it sounds like the Marlins guys did? No, it's not. But, but as a totality of the circumstances, you've got to take all of it into account. And they need to be more careful Cause they dodge the bullet here and you get another situation like this and the season might not be able to go on.
0: Yeah, it might not. And obviously we do. Want, I want to circle back to Rob Manfred, who again, like was very happy to sit there on ESPN on Thursday night during the end game and get praised by a rod and Matt Vasker for the extra playoff teams and his protocols. And then when catastrophe struck, he has been nowhere to be found. He had the one interview with Tom Verducci. Other than that, he has only put out two statements He's not even come out today as of recording time or recording on Tuesday night in the middle of the Met game. It's 3-1 in the fifth inning with Pete Alonzo up at bat. J.D. Davis up at bat, excuse me. He has not come out and actually spoken to the media about this. He's basically done one on, you could call it state-sponsored media on Millie Network, but you cannot be hiding in the middle of the pandemic here and just throwing statements out saying, this is what we know, and you have to be out in front of a camera and talking at this
2: point. Now they have a plan. They've released the plan. Manfred's got to go out and he's got to describe the plan. Yeah. And he's got to take questions from the media about the plan. What happens if the Phillies tests do come back bad? What happens if more Marlins players test positive between now and Monday? But I, I want to know the answers to all these questions. And Manfred is supposed to be a leader. He's got to go out there and and lead. Because you, you have a situation now where you, your game, you have mentioned the game on Thursday but it's the highest rated regular season baseball game played in about 10 years in this country. So yeah. there are eyes on the TV. People want to watch this. They they need to hear from Rob Manfred to understand, am I going to be able to keep watching baseball or or is it over?
0: Yeah. Cause they would love to hear like, okay, we did an investigation. This is what went wrong. It's not going to happen again. Or we have to change this for the protocols to make sure that things are better here. One of the protocols, feel they yeah. need to change immediately, is I do not understand why, we said this back in June when we talked about the new agreement. I do not understand why we did not have daily testing from the jump.
2: I don't get it. I don't get it. And, and I was shocked to learn that not only do we not have daily testing, we're only running the tests in a couple of labs. So there's a lag time between getting the sample and actually getting it to the lab, which is crazy. At that point, it's, it's almost ineffective. Yeah, if, if I get tested and I don't get my results for two or three days, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, because so MLB needs to stop that. And, I, and sorry to cut you off there. And I also think that you're right. Manfred cannot say, oh, this is what we expected to happen. That's why we have a 60-man traveling squad. No big deal. You, you, that can't be your answer. You couldn't have possibly expected that after one weekend, half of a team would go down with the coronavirus. Yeah. And if you did expect that, then why the hell are you even playing? Yeah, I said this on the on, last,
0: on the other episode that came out just two days ago. I said, this is a disaster for MLB. When you are four days into the season, you have to pause a team for a week. That is not ideal. This is not what we signed up for here. You figure, okay, maybe there's a guy here or a guy there. You're not expecting to have 17
2: Marlins, in fact, after one weekend of baseball. No, absolutely not. So Manfred has to come out, and he, he should come out with something. Give us some sort of a change that you're going to make, whether it's daily testing. We're going to we're gonna uh come down hard on guys for the high five we're gonna change the rain delay policy so that people aren't sitting in the dugout together you got to do something you you cannot come out and say oh yeah that's what we thought was going to happen because if you thought this was going to happen then i'll say it again why are you playing
0: yeah speaking of mr manford i do have a couple of quotes from him i'm gonna i'm gonna play for you here i was gonna find it real quick i mean Number one, this is a great question from Tom Verducci, and he asked him about the Marlins scenario. I want get your reaction to the actual phrasing he said here. It's been said
1: that one team with an outbreak such as this is baseball's worst nightmare. Is that the way you look at this situation? I, I don't put this in the nightmare category. I mean, obviously, we don't want any player to get exposed. Um, it, it's 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 not a positive thing, but I don't see it as a nightmare. We built the protocols to allow us to continue to play. That's why we have the expanded rosters. That's why we have the pool of uh, additional players, and um, we think we can keep people safe and continue to play. I I want to know what Rob night, Manfred's
0: nightmares are because that's pretty bad.
2: Sounds like a nightmare to me. Uh, I don't quite understand what he's talking about, except maybe what he means. And and I hope this isn't what he means, but I think it is that, Hey, it was only the Miami Marlins. It's not like it was the Yankees. Yeah. Because that's what it sounds like to me, because I I have a hard time believing that if this happened to the Yankees or the Cubs or the Dodgers, we would be having the same kind of conversation right now.
0: Yeah. The thing that bothers me is like, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing what you had to do here. And basically, here's the current summary. I'm going to get to the statement they put out in a second. But right now, this is what we know as of recording time. The Miami Marlins are not playing until at least on Monday. So they're going to be out of action for a week while they try and get their roster set up, figure out who has the virus. The Phillies are out until Friday. They are playing against Toronto in Philadelphia as the visiting team. That's another fun side effect of the season that Toronto still assuming.
2: Uh, sorry to cut you up there, that, and that's assuming that the Phillies test come back okay.
0: Yeah, we are. I think right now the plan is that they keep testing well on on Friday morning. They're clear. They're going to play. Right, right, but but there's an assumption in there, so we're two days away so from let's, that. Let's keep that in mind. Yes, yep. two days from two days away from that. This we know for sure. The Yankees were supposed to be playing the Phillies this week. They are going to Baltimore instead. They are playing two against the Orioles tomorrow and Thursday because. This is a situation where the Orioles are going to be playing the Marlins. Obviously, they can't leave these two teams without games for a week, so they're, they're getting them there. The Nationals, who are playing in Miami's weekend, actually, as a team, voted they did not want to go to Miami in this situation, and everybody takes the decision out of their hands. They cancel that series that's going to be made up later on. So, as you said, at the beginning of the show, five different teams impacted by this decision to let the Marlins play on Sunday.
2: Yeah, then that's why you cannot leave these kinds of decisions in the hands of a bunch of 20-year-olds And Don Mattingly. It's not the right thing to do. And it's not a knock on Don Mattingly. It's not a knock on the 20-something-year-old to play for the Marlins. They are not experts. MLB has consultants. They have epidemiologists consulting them. You have to defer to those guys on this kind of a situation. And the MLB needs to take control and say, this game is canceled.
0: Yeah, they do. And I want to point out one interesting line in the statement that MLB put out there today. And this, is, and this is, I think, them trying to toot their horns a little bit. In over 6,400 tests conducted since Friday, July 24th, there have been no new positives of on-field personnel from any of the other 29 clubs. This outcome is in line with encouraging overall data since the June 27th start of testing. Through last Thursday, July 23rd, 99 of the 32,640 samples, 0.3% have been positive. So, In other words, they're just throwing the Marlins on the bus saying, it's entirely their fault, our stuff is
2: fine. And and you know what? If that's the case, that is important yeah. because it means that you can keep this thing going. But let's not overlook the fact, too, that we don't know where the Marlins caught this thing. We don't know if they caught in Atlanta. But let's keep in mind that they are the team that is in the coronavirus epicenter of the United States right now in Miami. And that that is another problem. I, I'm not sure if Major League Baseball could keep the Marlins in Miami.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure about that either because I because something that came out today is the mayor of Miami, Mayor Jimenez, actually came out and said that if the Marlins are coming back home, they should they should quarantine for two weeks because they have a known exposure to the coronavirus. That was not his decision to enforce. That would go to Florida Governor Greg DeSantis, your favorite person, and we know he's not going to enforce it. But MLB might be better off and avoid his headache altogether and keeping the Marlins out of Miami for a while. Not
2: only do they have to worry about that, they've got other teams. Yeah. Like you saw with the Knights, they don't want to go to Miami. People don't want to go to Miami right now because it's not safe. So they they seriously need to consider that. And, and you know, Mike, when we talked about who's affected by this, we, we left out uh, an important group of people, and I, I just want to mention them. There are now a half a dozen, I'm sorry, more than a half a dozen, a dozen or more than a dozen, 15 or so Miami Marlins who are locked up in a hotel in Philadelphia for the foreseeable future. Not a hospital, a hotel. So you now have hotel staff workers cleaning people, bellhops, uh, room service guys who are being exposed to coronavirus because the Miami Marlins are there. So if you're the city of Philadelphia, how do you defend that decision to your people? That, yeah, I'm taking my blue-collar service workers and throwing them in a COVID-19 hotbed because we need to play baseball? That's that's a tough sell if you're a, if you're a local government. So I, I'm afraid that if this continues, local governments, even if Major League Baseball wants to push forward, they're not going to let them.
0: Yeah, the one government official I've seen to be the most receptive to baseball is Governor Cole in New York, which is shocking considering how this whole thing started. He today actually offered. He said, "You know what? Like, if New York, like if a team needs a home, New York will be a home because we are a low transmission area for coronavirus right now." And I think it's something that the league should strongly be considering if they actually plan on playing the season out. Like, I would get like, I know they're converting Buffalo Stadium into Major League caliber lighting. I would be doing that a couple more of the AAA affiliates up here in Syracuse and Rochester, giving yourself some options because if there's a good chance you might not be able to have the Marlins there, and it's tough to ask Miami say, "Hey, you're gonna be the road team every game you play this season." That's not exactly fair.
2: No, you can't do that. You got to get my home. But that, that's a, a fine idea. And look, uh, Governor Cuomo is probably trying to rub some salt in the womb of DeSantis yeah. there, uh, given their their little rivalry. That's probably part of what's going on. But I think also that Governor Cuomo understands that uh, if he's asking people to stay home and he's going to be asking us to do that more as the weather gets cold, baseball can really, really help. Uh, so, so I understand what he's trying to do, but Major League Baseball should seriously consider taking him up on that offer. Get the Marlins out of Miami, put them in Syracuse, put them in Rochester, uh, Now, look, if if I'm a Marlon player, I might not be thrilled about that. I'm being ripped out of my home, going to some boring city like Rochester. But you know what? It's better than being exposed to the virus.
0: Yeah, and potentially, like, you actually might get to play in Rochester. There's a chance they might not let you play in Miami
2: anymore after all this disaster. There's a chance, yeah. And uh, just to change gears here, though, I do want to make sure that we at least get a little bit of a jab in at the union because I think the union comes out looking bad here too. Throughout the entire labor negotiation, I heard we won 114 games. We won 80 something games. Tell us when and where. And now within one weekend, it sounds like your guys couldn't obey the rules. You lost the whole team. I haven't heard a word from Tony Clark. And all we're hearing is a bunch of players saying, uh, "We, we maybe we don't want to play anymore. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, you, you guys were warned about this. You were told that this was going to be a problem during your labor negotiation. You didn't want to hear it because all you cared about was the money. And and now you're in a situation where, where you're feeling the rep, repercussions of it. So I think Tony Clark needs to come out too and, and make a statement and say, look, uh, you know, our, our players understand the severity of this, and we're going to follow the protocol.
0: Yeah, and also Major League Baseball, all of its resources, I think they need need to devote some more to – teams that are questionable at following the rules. Because I think like you have enough personnel here. You can sign like, I know the NFL has come up with this idea of like an infection control officer at all their facilities, make sure people are following social distancing rules, wearing masks and all that stuff. You might need to have someone independent do that for all of your teams to make sure that there's, you're not risking outbreaks and people are doing stupid things.
2: That should be something that major league baseball and the union to be able to jointly do. Yeah, Because it, it protects the integrity of the game and it protects the, uh, the players' health and the integrity of the game is an important statement there, because because that's what that's the problem we're running into here. It, it, the Marlins are not a competitive team right now. If you were to put them out there tonight with fifteen minor leaguers, that's not major league baseball. You can't do that, and and pe- we have to realize that we. The, yes, we have the sixty man roster. It's there for a reason. It's there. It's not there so that we can have fifteen minor leaguers playing major league baseball. That's that's not not faithful
0: no it's not and the league itself I do want to give them some criticism here for a couple of other things number one the communication with obviously we called out Manfred himself for not being visible enough with the media but the teams themselves not getting the right information Andrew McCutcheon on the Phillies tweet earlier today that he's going to Twitter to find out about the games being canceled because they're not getting communication from the league fast enough and the team officials confirmed it to I think CNN's Jim Salisbury and that's an issue when the teams are finding out from the media the game's being canceled and doing it from the league.
2: Yeah, I, I, look, uh, me personally, if I want news now, I go, I don't even have a Twitter, but I, I go on Twitter. I go to Jason Stark, Lindsey Adler. Uh, Jeff Passan, you, you know, Ken Rosenthal, Jeff Passan, Buster Olney, Jim, John Heyman, et cetera. You hit refresh and you got a better chance to find out something before Major League Baseball, tells you. And that, that is a big problem. It can't be that those guys get the, the leaks before the the players even. That, that is, it's embarrassing. That, that's the right word for it. Embarrassing.
0: Number two, this is a statement from Marley Rivera from ESPN, and she says this is regards to hotels. I've spoken to several MLB managers in both leagues, and one thing they're really concerned about is that been team hotels being full of people. Two managers told me about weddings being celebrated at the team hotel, which are really crowded and no social distancing was practiced. I think you have to be very careful where you're taking your business, your MLB, because that's something that's a major risk that you're taking into account.
2: Absolutely. But, but what do you do about it? If you're major league baseball, uh, you know, if, if you're in some state where the governor is allowing that kind of thing to go forward, you, you what are you going to do? Tell the hotel, we're not going to stay here. If if you allow a, a wedding to go on, it, it's, it's a tough, tough call. Uh, it's another problem that baseball kind of brushed aside when they decided that we can't do the bubble. Uh, you're, you're, there are other people. There are hotel workers and there are hotel guests. And those people have the right to do what whatever's legal within their state. And uh, there are some states that I, I think it's unfortunate, but that's, that's a matter of opinion, that uh, are allowing things like weddings. I think it's as simple as
0: what you said. I think you can easily say MLB is like, you know, we have to follow these protocols. you don't. Want, if you're having these things at, at your venues, we're not gonna take our, we're gonna take our business elsewhere. I think that's the easiest way to say it.
2: You could do that, but uh, the the problem with that is that these players are used to staying at a certain quality of hotel, and not all these cities have that many places. Yeah, that's you know, you're not gonna throw them in the motel six.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. That's, that's a consideration they have to be more careful about. Another thing I think is dopey, considering the issue we we're having with traveling and something that was brought up on Twitter It's a fair point. Why are we wasting a game sending the Cardinals and the White Sox to Dyersville, Iowa for the Field of Dreams game this year?
2: That makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. I, uh, well, well, I can tell you why. Money. Because Major League Baseball is hoping that they get a tremendous rating for that game. And I'm sure... Uh, who's got it? ESPN. I'm sure ESPN it. paid it or Fox. Yeah, I'm sure they paid an arm and a leg for it. Yeah, they but, did. They but did. absolutely, that that game should be played did like you, it was supposed to be played with the Yankees and the White Sox. Play it next year. And but they're not going to do that because Fox paid an arm and a leg for that.
0: Yeah, as when I say to Fox, you know what? Like like I think it's really stupid when you're doing this to be flying two teams to Iowa for one game and then flying them back to Chicago for a second game. I think it just makes no sense in this kind of situation. And I not exactly at the virus under control either.
2: It makes absolutely no sense to do it. There's no, no reason for it. Look, uh, I think Rob Manfred's statement tells you all you need to hear though. Uh, they are going to basically sacrifice these players in order to get money. Yeah. Uh, they're probably taking the philosophy that look, these guys are young. They're in good shape. The, Statistically speaking, they're likely to be fine. If they get this virus, they're not going to die. Maybe they'll have some health complications, but it's probably not going to be dire. So we're going to take our chances. And, and that's what from that standpoint, I think that's where a guy like David Price is right. They're not putting the players health first. They're playing the players health last. They're putting the money first, but I don't think it's just major league baseball. I think the union's responsible for that as well.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And we've, We've seen him to Boston's Eduardo Rodriguez, who he's developed myocarditis after his of coronavirus, and that's a serious heart condition, and that's not something that you you can assume all these idiots who are on Twitter saying, oh, they're young, they're athletes, they'll be fine. They're not always going to be fine. It's literally as simple as that, and right, I want to get away from this. I want to go back to the competitive integrity aspect of it, which is a joke in itself, the way MLB is phrasing it. Let's go to Rob Manfred again from the same interview with Tom Verducci, talking about his, what is, in his mind, the
1: worst-case scenario? Is there a point, a critical mass, so to speak, within the league or within a team that would cause you to shut down part of the schedule, all of the schedule? Um, there is certainly both. Um, There's there, there certainly both. I mean, I think that um, a team – uh, losing a number of players that rendered it completely non competitive would be an issue that, that we would have to address and have to think about making um, a, a change. Um, whether that was shutting down a part of the season, um, the whole season, that depends on the circumstances. Same thing with respect to league wide. You know, you get to a certain point league wide where it does become a health threat, and we certainly would shut down at that point.
0: Yeah, so. It's regards to the first part of his statement, I mean, if we have 17 Marlins, is not enough to be a non-competitive situation. I don't know what is. And number two, it sounds like the doomsday scenario, it seems like, is if we have several of these across the league. If we have like three or four teams being on an outbreak at once. At that point, I think that's the shutdown point.
2: Well, look, uh, let's let's be fair to the guy. It sounds like he did stick with to what he said. Uh, he, he said that if we have an, an outbreak that renders a team uncompetitive, we might change a part of the season. And they did that. They paused the Marlins. That, that That's a change. But what what I take from that, and I still take from it, reading between the, the lines there, is that the Miami Marlins are not important enough for us to care. It's not the Yankees. And I, and I don't think that's right.
0: No, I raised a point earlier. I like, if this was the Yankees, if this was the Cubs, if this was the Dodgers, if this was the Mets— I think they would care a lot more than if it's the Marlins. Like, they can they say, okay, we can de- we can just put Miami to the sidelines for a week. I don't think they would say, okay, like seventeen Yankees have the virus. We can put them aside for a week. We'll care- everybody else keep going.
2: No, I, I, can you imagine Aaron Judge has this virus? Has this virus It'd be a totally different situation?
0: Yeah, and the competitive integrity—that's something I think is a very interesting word because obviously. With the 60-game season, right now, there's no guarantee they can get all these games And Right now, the buzz for next week is that the plan is that the yankees Earls are supposed to play next week. That series, I think they would. there's a three-game set. Now, they're playing two this week. One will be thrown as a doubleheader somewhere else. They would make up these two four-gamers next week, assuming the test check out for the Phillies and the Marlins. You're talking right now that the Phillies are going to have to make up three games that they would have played against Miami in that stretch. And, to make matters worse... And Marlins had to make up about seven, about six more games because they have those games and the games against the nationals. They have to squeeze in double headers. You're talking about these teams with very limited off days. You're having some teams have to do a lot of double headers, a lot of no rest. Whereas the Mets at this point, they're going to assuming everything goes well for them. They're going to go through 13 games and they still have six off days. That's a huge competitive advantage.
2: Yeah. Uh, that, that it's it, exactly. That's the right word for a competitive advantage. Uh, but, but I don't think there's anything you can do about it. It's, it's, Going to be part of this season. You're going to have to live with it. Uh, the best thing you could do about it is when you have an outbreak like this, let's try and minimize the impact by canceling the damn game. There's no reason that the Yankees, the Orioles, and the Nationals should have got wrapped up into this thing.
0: No. And the thing that saved LB a bit is the regional scheduling because that allowed them to do things like juggle it around a bit. But I think. You're getting to the point where, let's say, the Marlins outbreak happened. What if there was one in the Central Division hubs and one in the Western Divisions? I don't think I'll be able to make it work. It'd be too
2: many moving parts. Yeah, that that won't work. You you, you cannot. You really can't have another outbreak like this. No, uh, th- that's the bottom line. It just this has to be a warning shot, and and you have to hope that it really was just a case of some young guys on the Marlins doing something stupid.
0: Yeah, you do, and I think right now the thing to watch here also going forward is, like, I think seeing how many games actually get played because I think the thing that shocked me with this whole thing was, like, how back when we were having the testing legs, we wouldn't be having practices because teams didn't have results, but we had four tank conferred positives and play ball. That made no sense.
2: Makes no sense at all. Uh, Can't happen again. Yeah. Absolutely
0: cannot happen again. That's the bottom line. And with the expanded playoffs now, which is its own dopey mistake, because I'm gonna not gonna get into today. That's not relevant to this conversation. But now you have to look at where maybe like one team plays 60 games, another plays 57, another plays 54. Like you, you're gonna look at it as like okay, now you have to go by winning percentage to get teams in the playoffs, and they've done it in 1981, but
2: not the ideal route here. No, but nothing about this season's ideal. Uh, the, the playoffs, though, they do concern me. I'm, I'm If I were manfred and clark i'd be talking about going to a bubble for the playoffs because if you had an outbreak during the playoffs that's it whole thing's over
0: yeah i think honestly if i was rob manfred i would be on the phone with governor cuomo right now saying okay we're gonna come here for october we'll get the we're now gonna have three parks at big league quality with the blue jays set up in buffalo so we can bring everybody here some of the three separate sites get them going and then you have enough places to do the playoffs
2: yeah, I would be doing that, too, and I'm sure Governor Cuomo would accommodate that because you, you – that that's a big – imagine if this was the playoffs right now, you can't pause the team for a week in the postseason.
0: No, you can't. And I think – like we talked about this before. You said Omaha was an option because of all the fields, but I think the, the Nebraska's virus situation has gotten worse since then. New York's consistently been getting better, and even as they reopened, they have not had, seen the numbers spike like other places have, so – I think New York is still the I think the front runner for the postseason hub which I think is gonna have to happen if they want to finish this thing out
2: yeah it's 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 a guessing game that's that's part of the problem because you, you, you say reopen and and you know there's a it's tough to say that New York is reopened uh, it, it, it is as a partially legal matter but I mean there, there's an article in The Wall Street Journal just yesterday that in Manhattan they're uh, residential, I'm sorry, commercial buildings are reporting about 10% of the workforce yeah. are reporting to work. So, is, is that really reopened when you have 90% of the people working from home? I I don't know about that. And and if that stays that way, then so be it. But I, you know, if, if come September, people start going back to work, maybe you do get a second spike. So, it's hard for Major League Baseball to forecast what the world's going to look like in October. But they they need to have some contingency plans. Maybe you have multiple sites yeah. and you can, you can have a backup plan just in case New York gets a problem, but they got to have, I, I do not see how you're going to possibly get this playoffs in without a bubble, unless this really was just a one-off somebody did something stupid. It's never going to happen again, but uh, boy, when it happens the first weekend, doesn't look good.
0: That would, be a, that would be a stroke of luck, and luck has not been a good thing in 2020. There's not a lot of luck happening in sports this year.
2: No, not at all. Uh, you're, we're four games into the season, so uh, I think it would be kind of foolish to think that this is never going to happen again.
0: Yeah, let's put the baseball aside. Man, while you're here, we'll talk about two other sports that have decisions to make coming forward. College football, the next big one on the docket. It's supposed to start in August. I've seen some schools go to some leagues go to conference only models. We've seen stuff like limiting the travel windows, but we've also seen a lot of the smaller leagues, like the heart, like the Ivy league, like the Patriot league, like the Metro Atlantic athletic conference here in the New York area have all said we're not playing fall sports this year. And I think the football leagues, I just Delaney and I here. Cause I think there is no possible way. They're going to be able to get this
2: off. Look, uh, let me rank a little bit. Uh, There is no way in the world college sports should be going forward in the fall. I would go so far as to call it an immoral thing to do. These are kids who are not even getting paid to play. How in the world can you put them out there in a situation where you know they're going to get sick? There's no way in Everybody knows that at least somebody's going to get sick, and statistically speaking, given how many college athletes there are, somebody is going to die. I, I don't. I think that is just an immoral decision to say that we're going to send these kids out there who aren't even getting paid. So that that is that is just wrong. There's a difference between professional athletes who are represented by a union, negotiating some safety protocol and getting paid millions of dollars to go, r- basically risk their their health doing this. To do that to a college kid is is wrong, and it should not happen. Should not be allowed to happen. I. I in my opinion, I, I would shut that down If I were a politician, I, I think it's wrong And and I don't even know how they defend it how, how do you defend it? How do you say that we can't have Students on campus for class, but we're going to have Football games It makes no sense
0: It, it really does not, and the idea That, that all of these people who are, Actually want football to happen Is like, oh, they're young, they're healthy, they'll be fine I'm like, And I've I gotten to An argument on Twitter with somebody about this the other day And he's like well, they want to play. I'm like, yeah, they want to play. What athlete worth his salt is not going to want to play. You have to protect them from themselves. And it's a very bad look when you have rich like rich schools getting richer off of athletes who are not getting paid and risking their health for your entertainment. That's a very awkward look for college sports.
2: Absolutely. And and look, uh, this isn't a political or racial podcast, but there's both political and racial undertones to that. Uh, It's no secret that a large majority of college football players are African-American. And a lot of these big uh, college football schools are down in the South so it, and supported by very wealthy white benefactors. It's, uh, there's an argument there that it's some wealthy white guys throwing some black kids out there and saying, we don't really care what happens to you because we want to watch football. It's, it's a big, big problem. It, it cannot go on. And, and you know, this, their young and healthy argument they're not getting paid. So even if one person were to pass away from this, I I don't know how you can live with yourself, you with the NCAA, not to mention that these, you know, these students do interact with other people. It's not like they're going to be in some sort of a bubble. So it only takes a couple of degrees of separation. Maybe it's a professor, maybe it's a student roommate who cares for his elderly mother on the weekends there's a lot of different ways that this could happen. You can't do, I I just don't think you can do this for people who are amateur athletes. If the NCAA wants to continue this charade that these guys are amateurs, then, then you need to do, do it consistently. They can't be amateur athletes except when there's a deadly virus. I, I, I think it's wrong. I heard what people like Lou Holtz said, well, in D-Day, we sent young men out to die. Well, those are soldiers fighting a war. This is college football. It's not that important.
0: Yeah, it's an absolute disgrace. And a big problem with this is that the college football thing, that the NCAA really has no power in college football. It's all the conferences and the bowls. So right now they're sitting there thinking, we're going to lose a lot of money if we don't play football this year. We have to find a way to do it, whether it's conference only, whether it's like no fans in the building, or if you heard Ohio State, we're going to have 10,000 people in the horseshoe. Like That stuff is all all money motivated, and that's a very bad look. And the NCAA has no power here really to say, hey, we're not doing fall championships. Like that's the only that's the only thing that's stopping. Like I could see like soccer getting stopped, volleyball getting stopped. But like they don't have as much power in the football as they as they usually, as they do over the NCAA tournament, which they control completely.
2: Yeah, that's true. Uh, that, that's and and it's a. I don't know. I, I don't even know how to how to stop it. it. It's it's wrong, because what you said is you're right. It is a money grab. The problem is that the players aren't getting any of that money.
0: Yeah, that's a major issue. And I think they're going to attempt it until they absolutely cannot. I think it, I, I will say that there. They should not. I fear they're going to try, and that's the thing I'm worried about.
2: I, I think they are too, and I'm, you know, knock on wood, I hope I'm wrong, but I think that there are going to be some college football players in this country who suffer a big consequence and hopefully, not hopefully don't lose their lives over this.
0: Yeah, that's the college issue. The NFL, very interesting right now as well. They're starting their training camp intakes. The preseason has been canceled, which I think it was a very smart call about the players to demand this because there was absolutely no point in playing preseason games, risking virus exposure for nothing that counts in the standings.
2: There's probably never a point in playing preseason <laughs> games, but that's a different story. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. Look, the NFL, I think, and I know we're going to do a whole podcast on this later, I think the NFL is in trouble. And I think they know they're in trouble. Goodell started tra- changing his words in his letter to the fans. He said something about complete the season, not finish the season. Yeah,
0: he he described it as a complete it, a complete season, not a full season. So I might hint, right, right. He's he's at least acknowledging the possibility that games could get missed.
2: Right, and th- th- football, uh, I just don't see it. I, I think it's a big, big problem. I don't understand how they're going to play football. But this, this is baseball. Where you barely ever come into contact with somebody else. Football, you you literally hit each other every single play.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I don't get. You know, all it takes is one defensive tackle has coronavirus. I don't see how the whole line doesn't have it.
0: Yeah,
2: and then you lead to at so, uh,
0: least a competitive balance issue as well. Because, like, let's say for argument's sake, you use, your, you use your New York Giants for example here. If your entire offensive line gets coronavirus and cannot play over the weekend, are you got to put your franchise quarterback out there behind five backups
2: can't do that. It's, it's, exactly. It's it's a dangerous situation. It's a lot different than, let's just say, for argument's sake, the Miami Marlins have to throw some double-A pitcher out there. All right, he's going to get his brains beat in, but nobody's going to get hurt. Yeah. You put Daniel Jones behind a backup offensive line, he can get hurt. Yeah. Seriously hurt. It's, it's a problem, and I don't think the NFL is really – I think they kind of were operating under the it'll be gone by the fall. Now they're realizing that's not the case, and they're panicked. To me, if I were the NFL, I would start switching to some sort of a hub or bottle or bubble model immediately, because I think it's the only way to get this done. Yeah, but I, I know I don't know if they're going to do it. I mean, I know they still think they're going to have fans in the stands. Yeah, right. And now. another problem you run into with football—it's football more so than the other four sports or the other three sports—has a lot of dinosaurs in those rooms. People who, well, oh, you know, they're football players. They're tough. They're supposed to go out there and put their bodies on the line for the team. That kind of thinking doesn't, this isn't, I'm going to play with a sprained ankle. This is, this is much, much, much more severe than that. And that kind of grinded out. Tough man thinking is not, not appropriate for this kind of a virus.
0: Yeah, it's not. And the NFL, they're, they're basically quoting themselves saying that we have a virtual bubble where basically like what the MLB teams have for the summer camp sort of thing where like you go to your facility, you go home, you don't go out. I think that's, that's traumatic. I think they're going to be basically every t- team showing up at camp today is, is going to say, hey, look what happened in Miami. You cannot go, be going out. I think i going be beaten to their brains, but. The issue they have is they're playing travel all over the country. That's the big problem. That's where things get worse. And people have people traveling coast quarters on buses, on airplanes. That's where the virus
2: spreads out of control. And and what if somebody breaks the protocol, like yeah. happened with the Marlins? Now, what happened allegedly. with the Marlins? Allegedly. Allegedly, right. What allegedly happened with the Marlins? It spread to 17 people on the same team. If someone does that in a full, but fortunately, it didn't go to anybody in the Phillies. That's that's what we believe right now. and yeah. that, And that kind of makes sense. Baseball is not a contact sport. You're outdoors. You're not really in close proximity to somebody. I, I, if you have a defensive tackle that's got coronavirus, everybody in the opposing offensive line is going to have coronavirus.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and it's going to spread like wildfire throughout the whole league. So unless the NFL is going to do daily testing, and they better really enforce that bubble.
0: Yeah, they do. And, one note I will put out here. There's an interesting theory put out by Craig Mish, the Marlins reporter. He you obviously right now is front and center on this. He had a theory on the NFL, and this is what he said on Twitter today. He said, if you want my unsolicited NFL opinion, it, should be, it would be to never spend a night on the road all season. Show and go. Push all start times back for the season to allow more travel time. Fly in, play, and leave. So, in other words, really maintain the sanctity of your virtual bubbles and just as much as possible, have the team show up on game
2: day not spend the nights
0: in the hotel or doing God knows what across the towns.
2: You, I'm per, all in favor of that. The one benefit that we are getting from these fanless games, and the NFL needs to stop with this fantasy that they're going to have fans in the stands. That's that's ridiculous. They're not going to have any fans in the stands. Yeah. But the benefit that you get of that, and I understand you got to work with the TV networks, but they're desperate for content, so they don't really care. You should be able to manipulate the schedule a little bit more. There's no reason you can't start a football game at two o'clock instead of one o'clock. Yeah, I, I would have a really hard time believing that CBS and Fox are going to give you a hard time about that. Yeah, I think so, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, they would push their primetime lineup back for football because, honestly, I talked to Alan also about this last week. There's no primetime lineup for them to default. There's nothing there.
2: Right? They they have nothing to put on TV, so if if that's what it takes, then, then so be it. And I think the same thing is true in baseball when we were talking about that earlier. They can play more doubleheaders. They can play straight doubleheaders. There's no fans, so you don't need to clean it out. And The networks do not care because they have nothing else to put on TV.
0: Yeah. I think, honestly, the only issues you really have are those West Coast games where you have teams flying east to west. I think the trickiest things would be I think like teams like New England the Jets had their schedule set up where they were planning to stay out west for a couple of days. And I think that's the trickiest situation you have going on there. You have to sort of figure that out in advance. But I think a lot of these teams, they you can fly them out Sunday morning, play the game,
2: fly them back home, avoid the hotels,
0: avoid the avoid the chaos.
2: Sure. I mean, let's let's look at a game like the when the Giants play the Eagles. Why can't the Giants go to Philadelphia in the morning?
0: Yeah, the only two-hour
2: drive. Yeah, you don't you don't need to be like
0: in the hotel overnight. You can come from. Your, your homes, get on the bus at 8 o'clock in the morning, be there by 10.30, and and kick the game off at 1.
2: Now, look, I, I, a football coaches are creatures of habit, and they're not going to like that. They're going to say, I need my players to get their rest. We need to have our Sunday morning meetings," and blah, blah, blah. But that's where the NFL needs to step in and say, yeah, too bad. Uh, figure out a way to do it, because there's a virus, and uh, you're going to have to make some adjustments, coach.
0: Yeah, you are. And they're got to adjust anyway because, of, as of recording, we're still in the period where players can opt out of the season. And there have been a surprisingly high number of opt outs of, of semi prominent players. And there are reports that dozens of players have already exercised the right to opt out. We've seen about half the New England defense opt out. We've seen a key defensive lineman on the Bears opt out. We've seen two big wide receivers, Devin Funches and Marquise Goodwin, opt out, all for good reasons. This is something the NFL is looking at and saying, hmm. Why are so many guys not willing to trust us on our plans?
2: Yeah, and I'm pleasantly surprised that you're seeing that because, it's, like I said, uh, football is a sport that has a lot of these tough guy attitudes. Uh, so I'm pleasantly surprised to see some players starting to take their health seriously. Uh, I think I think we have seen that across the league. We, uh, Andrew Luck retired young, uh, and, and for the most part, he was – Given a lot of support, so it, it, it's a problem though, and and I think what the what's going on is that the players realize that this, the nature of this game is unsafe. Yeah, it, it so it, it, there's I mean, don't tell me you're going to put a face shield on on my helmet and that's going to get rid of COVID. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's an unsafe game, and if you you have a very good chance of getting coronavirus if you go play football. I think that's just the bottom
0: line yeah and you also seen i think a lot of it is you talk about with the baseball and baseball i even mentioned some players might consider reconsider opting out after the Marlins situation but football a lot of these teams especially all the guys in the patriots who are like i've won i've gotten paid my contract only gets pushed back a year so i have the money coming next year like what is it what what am i doing this for why is why is my motivation especially if tom brady's gone and i'm not gonna win a super bowl this year
2: uh, yeah I, uh, I agree uh baseball the benefit that baseball had is that they they have this labor dispute. So I, I think there's a part of the uh, the guys feeling like they have to play because they have to defend the union and, and the union fought for them to get the prorated money. So they got to go out there and play and get all that prorated money. NFL doesn't have that kind of a situation. So I I expect that you're going to see a fair number of opt outs.
0: Yeah, and the NFL also has negotiated settlement here. Basically, it's like you get like if the season starts, you get your year towards free agency if you're there, but you don't get paid. If the games don't get played. It's like they came to the and said, Hey, we can't pay Dak Prescott $31 million, to play free football games. That'd be ridiculous.
2: Sure. Uh, and, and that's fine. But I, I look, I'm, I'm very, very pessimistic about us seeing NFL football this year. I'm, I, I just don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Like, Especially, like, as we said, in a sport where there is very little physical contact, to have one team get 17 cases in a span of four on the first weekend of the season, it's not bode well for the NFL, where, as you said, every play there's hitting, people are sweating all over each other, and little things like we're not swapping jerseys after the game is not going to do anything.
2: Yeah, no, the the rules that the NFL came up with are laughable. We're not going to swap jerseys, the coaches aren't allowed to yell. Uh, it's a joke. It's a complete joke. What are you going to do about the fact that you have 300 pound men hitting each other every single play?
0: Yeah.
2: And the answer is nothing.
0: The answer is, the answer is nothing. And then you also have to worry with the football players, like reporting symptoms. You have to worry with some of these guys who are saying like, you know, like, I'm on the brink of the. I'm on like I'm on the bottom of the roster, and you make an impression on my coach. I have a sniffle, but I think I but I think I I just have a cold. I'm gonna play. I'm not gonna tell him. I'm gonna play the game. That's something you could really
2: have a problem with. Yeah, look, uh, that that's a problem in all sports, but especially in football because football is a culture of unless you literally cannot walk, you should be on.
0: Yeah. It's definitely a scary point because I think the the NFL, I think they're going to, based on the fact that they're not really going to interact with anybody in the preseason, they're going to be by themselves. I think they will get to opening day. I'm very pessimistic they're going to be able to do a full season. And I think a lot of this, again, goes back to, as you said before, all your politicians who have been trying to tell you the coronavirus, just the flu, it's the sniffles, you don't need to wear a mask, you can do whatever you want, liberate this state, liberate that state. And that's why the virus is spreading unchecked, and why we all our sports are in jeopardy that are not in the bubbles.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, if I think uh, if people had done what Andrew Cuomo did and what uh, CDC recommended, we'd we'd be in a different situation. But that that's not the case. Uh, the president and some of his allies decided that they that could not be tolerated anymore. Uh, we hit May one. It's time to go, and here we are. And that's why uh, the United States compared to the rest of the First World nation to, is 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 laughing stock of the world right now.
0: Yeah, I mean we saw in Europe the the Bundesliga finished with no issues, the Premier League finished the season with no issues. We have four days of baseball and one team's already on the sideline. That's not that's that's entirely due to community virus transmission. No matter how much Rob Manfred's protocols work or no matter how much the NFL wants to put their teams at virtual bubble if you're playing games where you're traveling and you're still in your communities, you're not hunkered down in in or in the middle of the Disney bubble or in Toronto or in Edmonton. Stuff like this is going to happen, and this is entirely due to the lack of concern about containing this virus as a country.
2: Look at the KBO. KBO has yeah. been going on for months now. I, I haven't heard a, a word about an outbreak there. They have not. And the where where the
0: KBO was if they had one positive case. They would shut the league, the entire league, for two weeks. The entire league, right. yet MLB has seventeen people on one team. Dan, and we're still powering through to get that cash.
2: It's uh its ridiculous. It, you put it, yeah, that's the right word, ridiculous. And uh, and you're right that that's exactly what it is. The politicians, the, the same guys who told you that it would be unacceptable to not have sports this fall, are going to be the reason that you don't have sports this fall.
0: Yes, they will. And Phil, thanks for all the times. I really appreciate it. And I want to say, I want to th- thank you for coming on.
2: Sure, uh, look, you're welcome. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I I, w- I really wish I wasn't on right now. I wish I was watching the Yankees, but uh, that's that's not not the case.
0: It is not the case. It's wrecking havoc on my poor on our poor fantasy league, the one that Linda used to be a part of here. It's like we have one guy in this league right now who, through this craziness, has a guy with Kobe on his roster and a bunch of guys on the Yankees and the Phillies has gotten no games out of them this weekend. he's in big trouble. This is just, it's just a chaos that we're living through right now.
2: Yeah. the Fantasy baseball. I'm, I'm happy. I didn't sign off this year. Cause I don't know how the hell you're even do that. And fantasy football, that'll be another uh, interesting one. Cause obviously that's a far more popular fantasy game than baseball. So we'll see how that goes in fall. But look, uh, I, I hope I really do. Cause I know I've been negative, And I'm trying to be positive, and I really hope that this was just a one-off incident, what happened with the Marlins. I hope someone did something stupid, and it's not going to happen again, and we're going to get through the season without any issues like this. But, man, I just – I was not expecting to have this conversation one weekend into the season.
0: Yeah, for sure. I want to thank you. I also want to point out, everybody, if you want to check out some of the podcast episodes that have been on this week a conversation with Carpinello, our good friend, Joe Choppy was on a Ranger fan forum in there. You could ch- you could check out the podcast, suffering.wordpress.com You can subscribe on iTunes, Google play TuneIn, stitcher, Spotify, follow on YouTube as well. Mike Phillips on YouTube. I put the individual conversations out there. This whole conversation is going to be going up
2: on YouTube shortly, Phil. Okay, great. Uh, well, I'm, um, I'm excited to listen. Uh, I hope the listeners enjoy it, find it informational. And, uh, yeah, look, uh, I, 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 I really, really hope that we get baseball because I will say that it, it was it was great this weekend watching the Yankees again. And not just the Yankees. I watched a lot of games. But just to be able to watch baseball was, was great. And I, and I hope I can keep doing it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm watching the Mets game right now. I've been locked into every pitch because I'm sitting there every day going, boy, I don't know if they're going to be able to play tomorrow. I'm going to save, save what I can get.
2: Yeah, but look, I... I watched uh, the, the opener. It was awesome seeing Garrett Cole. Uh, Sunday, the Yankees, that, that game with uh, the Nats was sloppy. It was bad baseball, but it was still just, man, I got something. Sunday afternoon, sit on my couch, watch something on TV. This is great. And I was looking forward to during the work week being able to you know log off when I'm done with my work day and watch baseball. It's like Some semblance of normal. So I hope I get that. Uh, tomorrow, I will, tomorrow you'll get it. Yeah, and, and I'll be tuned in uh, tomorrow for, for the first pitch in Baltimore.
0: Yep, you can also leave your feedback and star ratings this podcast as well. You have done that in the past. It helps the podcast get even better going forward, so thank you for that.
2: Yeah, uh, anybody listening, please do it. Uh, uh, the podcast, is, I, I enjoy it. I, I enjoy listening, I enjoy coming on, so I uh, hope that we can keep it going.
0: Yeah, you can also follow me on Twitter at nphillips331. That's m p h i l. L I P S three three one. I'm gonna go with the hashtag New York Bubble because I think that's what's coming here down the Piker baseball.
2: Hey, I am I'm all in favor of whatever it takes to get this thing played. I'm all in favor of it. And if Governor Cuomo is willing to work with the league, they should pick him up on his offer.
0: All right, that's all for this bonus episode of the podcast. Next week, our regular conversation. We're gonna do talk, golf with our buddy Dan D. Martini, talk about preview the PGA championship, hold Miller, P. Considori and more. Until then, stay safe, everybody. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.